Hey guys, and welcome to the Peaks and Valleys podcast. I'm your host, Jonathan Coggins, and I'm joined by my co-host, Kyle Ridgely. In this podcast, we talk about coffee, culture, and mental health. Thanks for joining, and we hope you enjoy this episode. Hello, Peaks and Valleys fam, and welcome to another episode of the Peaks and Valleys podcast, where we talk coffee, culture, and mental health. I'm your host, Jonathan Coggins, and I'm joined by my co-host, the one and only Kyle Ridgely. What's up? Today on the podcast, September being Suicide Awareness and Prevention Month, and that being at the the heart of Peaks and Valleys, uh, we're going to dive into that with some tools and resources for you guys to connect somebody to hope and help and healing, knowing some some signs of suicidal thoughts, and just really walking with somebody in this. Let me just make a note that these are simply tools and resources because that's what Peaks and Valleys is all about. Resourcing people, giving them tools for this journey, and this is not to, we're not counselors, this is not to for anybody to be a counselor. There are professionals for that. But again, that's that's what Peaks and Valleys is for resourcing people, for giving people tools, and just being equipped and, and knowledge for these things. And so for this month, for Peaks and Valleys, our, our theme this month has been fearfully and wonderfully made and how that connects with life worth living, suicide not being an option. I just want to hit on that for a quick minute. So when I think of fearfully and wonderfully made from Psalm 139, when I think of the word fearfully, it it points to this just uncontainable loving creator that we have. We're just in awe at when we not only look at creation and everything around us, but just us as humans, the intricacies of who we are, the individuality that he's given us, the intrinsic worth that he's given us. It just leaves us in awe. We are fearfully made by, again, this uncontainable and and loving creator, God. And then when I think of wonderfully made, in, in, in that psalm, in Psalm 139, it says, God, you have... You know every part of me. You've searched me. You know me. And so he even knows these parts of us, the parts that go through seasons of depression, the parts that say, hey, I I don't think I want to live anymore. He knows those parts, and he's ready to meet us um, with his presence, first and foremost, his comfort. But then the another way that he meets us and provides hope and healing in our life is other people around us, communities, that that counselor, that pastoral care and counsel that we may go to. And so those are other ways that God meets us in these seasons. Um, Kyle, what are your thoughts on how, how does the concept of fearfully and wonderfully made in that psalm, in 139, how does that connect for you with life worth living, suicide, not being an option because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Yeah, I mean, that is a a very powerful statement um, that we read in the Psalms uh, about this fearfully and wonderfully made. Uh, God created us. 
He understands every part of us. He understands the mind, the heart, the physical body, the world we live in. He, he's the author of that. Um, he is the one who holds it all together. Uh, it's in him and through him. And so we, we come to a place where we understand that there, there is a God who cares. There is a God who is compassionate about uh, what we're going through. Um, God is compassionate always, but he wants, he, his, his compassion, uh, I think, pours out even more when his children are, are walking through seasons where they feel like they have no worth, uh, where they feel like uh, I'd be better off, uh, in a sense. I'd be better off if I just wasn't here. And, and God, his compassion pours out on us in, that, in those seasons, and he wants to meet us in those seasons. Um, so for, for that, saying that, uh, I think that a lot of us uh, talking about this particular topic uh, and suicide I think most of us have one time or another in our life, maybe not now, but maybe later in our life, we might experience some of those thoughts. Um, uh, go back again. The, I'm I'm not worthy. I'm I'm not uh, I'm not loved. I uh, people uh, don't love me, so I think that, and I'm just a burden to them. So I'm better off if I was just gone. Uh, you know things like that. Those phrases uh, that I, I just want to to leave this place. I want to I want to die. Those those kind of things. I think that uh, we've all one point or another. I know that I have. I've dealt with uh, some suicidal thoughts um, in my past. Uh, by the grace of God, God uh, met me in that, and I, I'm still here today. And that, that's all glory to Him. Uh, but we think about all these different things that come with. Um, the idea of suicide. Um, first of all, I think we need to just acknowledge that uh, we need to break that stigma um, behind this topic. Uh, it, a lot of times people uh, don't know how to approach these conversations because they're so scared about having these conversations because it's so heavy. It's like I'm not I'm not equipped. I'm not I'm not smart enough. I'm not a you know I, whatever it may be. Uh, but God has called us to this great work. He has called us to speak into the lives of others. Um, he's called us to to walk alongside those people who are hurting and and the power behind that uh, that we ourselves are in need of a God who is loving and a God who is compassionate ourselves so that way we we do that for other people we we, we share that compassion that god uh, has given us so i think a, a good way to hint at that is um looking at uh second corinthians uh, chapter one, one excuse me verse three through seven when it says blessed be the god and father of our lord jesus christ the father of mercies and god of all comfort who comforts us in all of our afflictions, so that we may be able to comfort, comfort those who are in any affliction. With the comfort with which we ourselves are comforted by God, for as we share abundantly in Christ's sufferings, so through Christ we share abundantly in comfort too. If we are afflicted, it is for your comfort and salvation. And if we are comforted, it is for your comfort which you experience when you patiently endure the same suffering that we suffer. Our hope for you is unshaken, for we know that as you share in our sufferings, you will also share 
in our our comfort. And so Paul is writing that um, to the church of Corinthians. Um, and just really, when we, we have that challenge, um, if God has indeed comforted us in our seasons and our times of hurting, we should then in turn comfort others that that brings hope and compassion and incarnates the love of jesus christ and so having these conversations we uh, as, as children of god need to be aware of the hurting in this world and be aware of of where our brothers and sisters are at in this walk uh, whether believer or non-believer we need to be equipped and ready for that yeah man um i the the phrase that comes to mind around talking about this is you know we never want to normalize suicide but we we definitely want to break stigma and normalize talking about it you know being equipped and actually having these conversations with somebody that may be considering suicide um and we'll we'll get into you know why that's important but you know thanks for that encouragement kyle that is you know great as christ comforts us um we in turn get to comfort others Um, and that's that's the beauty of um, god's grace that um, our pain is not wasted Um, it simply equips us for these conversations and Mm. for caring for somebody Mm. so i just want to dive into a little bit of um, some um, statistics about suicide, um, the impact that it has on our world, um, is, is really high, and that, that's why these conversations are important. That's why being equipped for the prevention of it is super important. Um, suicide is actually the fourth leading cause of death in the U.S., um, the second leading cause of death in a, ages 10 to 35. And men actually die at a rate um, four times the rate of women to suicide, um, which is incredibly heartbreaking and high. Um, I, I just feel like for let me just let me just hit on this for a moment. I think with men, and it's it's the ideology is getting broken in our world a little bit, especially in the church, but just with men and talking about depression or or anxiety or feelings of worthlessness like for so long there's been this idea of like that's weak Mm -hmm. to talk about those things that's Mm -hmm. weak to be vulnerable or show show emotion you know and and we we hear this word and it's it's true of what it is toxic toxic masculinity Mm -hmm. like you have to bottle it all in you have to just rub some dirt in it you know and i feel like that's why that rate is so high is because there's this toxic idea about men can't struggle, men can't talk about their depression, men can't mm-hmm. talk about these things. And that that's another thing that we have to break down. Mm-hmm. That That's another stigma for men that we have to break. Um, because I believe it is stronger to be vulnerable, stronger to not allow these things to succumb in the darkness. Mm-hmm. You know, bring them to light. I think there's much more strength than that because it, it takes a lot of strength to do that. Um, so I think for our men, my man, like we have to we have to be more open to having these conversations. Um, and then the last point, you know, people actually die um, by suicide at a higher rate than homicides. 
Hmm. Um, so suicide actually takes more people than homicide does. So that's why these conversations are important. That's why being equipped, um, knowing some signs and, and how to walk this out with somebody. Um, so we'll jump into some, you know, just some things to look for in a friend, a loved one that may have a history of depression or has no history of depression but are showing these things. Um, these are just some things to, again, some warning signs, some some mood changes and mood things to look for to, you know, ask the question like, is this person struggling to the point of considering suicide, considering ending their own life and how to intervene and ask questions and connect them to hope and resources and, and walk them through this. Um, and I, I always have to, you know, make this small note too that, you know, where we want to connect people to hope, uh, counseling, uh, resources for hope and healing, that's, that's why peaks and valleys exist. But we don't want to leave people there because these things are not our hope. Medicine is not our hope. Counseling is not our hope. They are help. Um, God uses them. God is our hope. He's He's our strong tower. He's our refuge. Um, and so the the reason we want to equip people is so they don't they don't stay there. Hmm. Um, I believe we're called into a a free and flourishing, abundant life in Christ. And so. Yeah, let's just dive into this. Some some warning signs that, you know, you can really look for and to kind of give you some some signs to start asking some questions of somebody you care for. You know, like talking about just having this unbearable pain that just won't go away. It's constant. Um that's definitely one thing to to look for. And and even when you know, there you know that there's no physical ailment or but there's just this unbearable pain that they're talking about. And then obviously having no reason to live, being a burden to others, um, that's a big one when somebody starts talking about, well, I don't wanna, you know, continue to burden people with this or I feel like a burden all the time. Um, withdrawing from people, um, visiting or calling people to say goodbye when you know they're not going anywhere they're not going on vacation or trip but they're just out of the blue visiting or calling to say goodbye um a big one a big one is sleeping more um staying in bed all day inside all day um isolating from people and another one that i don't it it's 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 hard to tell the, tell with this one um, because I, I think people may assume other things of this one, but an increased use of drugs or alcohol um, is definitely connected to depression and suicidal thoughts. And especially if that person doesn't have a history of using drugs or alcohol and they all of a sudden start. And again, if this person has a history of dealing with depression or you know they're in a depressive season... And you start to see that it's it's time to start asking some questions and, and really caring for that person, um, and then obviously some some mood things to look for is the depression, really bad irritability, 
out of nowhere most of the time. Um, lack of interest in things, like things that you know you would normally enjoy, you normally do. Um, just starting to show a lack of interest. Uh, really um, humiliated easily um, when they're not normally. Just really easy, easily humiliated. Um, irritability. So the, these are just some things to look for. If you know you you may think that somebody is considering suicide or ending their own life, um, these are just some some good indicators to really just start asking some questions. Kyle, before we get into the next point about you know asking those questions of somebody and then moving on to you know connecting them with hope, what are what are some you know good tools that you have? I know you have some things to to look for in somebody. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and I think. Uh, thank you for sharing that. I mean, these are a lot of, there's a lot of levels to these. Uh, we're sharing this with you just to be able to kind of identify and understand. Um, you won't be able to tackle all of these things at once. Uh, this is not what we're asking of you, nor what a professional ask of you. They're going to ask you to get them to, to them, to a professional. Um, but I think some things um, when I work with different people and I might just assess um, where they're at, if, if uh, what brings up a red flag, how do you know when to ask these questions? Uh, when should you start showing some concern and start kind of probing a little bit more um, with someone who you care about? Um, look for some, some, some talk, the way they talk, um, kind of some emotional talk, you know, like, man, I'm just... You know, I just don't feel, I just feel so heavy. I feel so much pain. I feel like it would be better if I wasn't here. Um, self-talk, like, man, I'm just so stupid and I just need to end it. Like, I just need to, you know, those those are examples. It's not, you know, that won't be exactly the words they may say. But just looking for those self-talk, looking for that emotional kind of speak uh, that, they, that that person may put off that kind of bring up a red flag, if you will, um, to kind of start probing into these areas. I think another uh, couple things that things to look for um, in a person, uh, Jonathan has had a lot of good ones. A lot of these are, are in line with depression because depression is usually linked to these these kind of things, histories of depression, history of suicidality and suicidal thoughts. Um, there's going to be that kind of connection and correlation. So a lot of these things that we mentioned, like loss of interest, uh, not sleeping or, or sleeping too much, maybe even eating more or eating less, these are kind of indicators that somebody is depressed. Um, there also may be some other factors that may contribute to someone feeling um, this, this way. Uh, there could be traumas. Um, that they're, they've experienced in the past or recently experienced. Um, there could be uh, some abuse, uh, whether it's physical or sexual or emotional. There could be a lot of different reasons for this person um, feeling this way. Also, there could be some uh, connective factors uh, for them if they've already been diagnosed with some kind of uh, mental illness or mental health experience, whether it's uh, 
bipolar or schizophrenia. Um, so those are some things that you quite won't know and you, you don't want to hit on those things because that's not, but if they do mention those things, uh, that that's another correlation there that that person may be, may be at risk for the, these uh, kind of things. Um, so with, with saying that, uh, what, what are some questions that we want to ask? Um, Jonathan uh, hinted on uh, the fact that it's not bad to ask these questions. Uh, t- t- statistics show uh, that this is gonna, this is in the helping process. Uh, so don't be afraid to ask the questions that I'm about to tell you. Uh, don't think that this person is gonna go do it right away because they're talking about it with you. Uh, they just want to be able to be heard. A lot of times, it's just about just listening to someone and their struggles. Um, so, first question you want to kind of hint at. It doesn't have to be this. These are the words you say, but along these lines. Uh, does that person have a plan? Do you have a plan? Have they went on the internet? Have they looked at different ways uh, to, to, to do what they're doing? How, you know, kind of assess that with them and say, hey, have you looked at a plan? Another thing to look at is, uh, is what they're talking about or what they're thinking about or planning, maybe even planning on doing, uh, is it dangerous? Is it something that could it's an immediate, it's like a red flag. Hey, this is pretty dangerous uh, for this person. Like maybe cutting. A lot of times uh, cutting is serious regardless of what you, you know, where, how it's done, where it's done, uh, the method of which it's done. Uh, but a lot of times you'll see people, uh, you know, it's either horizontally or vertically. Um, so horizontally is just, you know, like along the wrist, it's just to the right and the left and then horizontally is up and down on the forearm and that's that's dangerous because it can open up the main artery and that person bleeds out uh so things like that uh having a bottle of antidepressants at home or sleeping pills and taking the whole bottle do they have that is it readily uh, available that's at least the next question is it easily accessible is it easily accessible so those three things again is do you have a plan is it dangerous and is it easily accessible for that person to do uh, that? That's going to be your kind of indicator of like what we need. To, if, if those things are all yes, you you need to look at your resources. You need to get them to a professional immediately. Um, being able to have ready and accessible resources is a must for any person who is working with someone. I think for just anyone who's just a another person walking alongside friends and family, um, knowing where those resources are, knowing uh, where those services are, uh, knowing, maybe even knowing if a professional in the area, professional counselor in the area, who takes emergency appointments. There are some counselors out there that do do that. Um, it's depending on their their practice and how many counselors they have and if they have that something as a policy that they do. Um, knowing uh the community services knowing if if it's not at a higher if you feel like based on these questions some maybe yes some maybe no and you feel like hey there's not a lot of red flags here they haven't made a plan maybe there's some support groups in your area maybe there's some um, groups of people that they can get around um, and do that um also just to just be aware and mindful of that person's state of mind if they're in just this constant uh, cycle of negative thinking and it just constantly using uh, some of the language that we've talked about here already like uh, it'd just be better off if I'm if I'm gone it'll be better off. you know th- those are some things to look out for too and helping them get help you know resources and help 
Um, and again, hinting on have a plan, ha- have know your resources, know who to call, get them with others. That is probably the most one of the most important things. It, it's not there's all kind of important things here to address, but that we need to get them around people. Uh, the biggest thing is that people who are dealing with suicidal thoughts, depression, uh, times of great despair, they're going to immediately isolate themselves. They're going to immediately do that. So getting them around others is crucial. Um, and then also, if you have to, 911 is your best resource as well. Getting on the phone, they're they're going to have to come in and do an assessment of that person's living. They're going to have to do some that they, they have their own protocols for that, um, and they're going to have to whether it's twenty four hour suicide watch, what have you. Uh, don't be afraid to make that call. Um, and don't leave that person alone. If if they've expressed some of these things and there's really uh, an indicator, just high red flags that you see. Uh, throughout your conversations with them, you need to not leave them alone. If you need to make a call, ask that person, hey, is it all right if I make a call for you to get you some help? Great points, Kyle. Thanks for those tips and tools. Uh, Thanks for equipping people, man. Hmm. So I want to come back to something that you hit on, which was asking these direct questions are okay. Asking somebody, hey, are you considering suicide? Do you want to end your life? Do you have a plan? Which is one question that you mentioned. And you hit on this, Kyle, but I just want to, you know, really drive it home and say, like, research actually shows that asking these direct things doesn't increase somebody's risk of actually committing suicide. What it actually does, it gives people the space to for these things to be in the light, for them to know that they're heard, that there's there's no shame hmm. for the the way they're feeling, and it it this actually connects with our our previous conversation about you know race like hmm. empathy like mm-hmm. giving people the space to not have any shame for the way they feel. The way it was told to me is grace space. Yeah, grace, exactly, grace. man. And so yeah, like it's it's. Empathy can come in, they have the space, there's no shame. And then, you know, that that really gives us, you know, a better kind of foundation to connect and help. Because once we start having these conversations with somebody that may be considering suicide or, you know, don't want to live anymore, so we really know how to connect them, we really know how to help them. And Kyle, you were talking about having those things in your back pocket, knowing those resources, knowing those counselors in your community and so once you know you you've opened this conversation and this person shares with you they're struggling you have resources that you can connect them to and so somebody that's in this space they it's they're probably already very overwhelmed you know very drained emotionally and mentally and so probably don't have a, a lot of energy to do research to seek out you know counselors or organizations mm-hmm. one thing that i would encourage and i think you would too kyle um doing research for somebody saying mm-hmm. hey can i make this phone call for you or can i you know help you seek out this counselor can i connect you to this person drive them to their first counseling appointment 
you know, this this is how you walk along somebody. And then I, I think a crucial part of this is, is follow-up. Whenever they've gone to that first counseling appointment or they've connected with that pastor or that group, you know, that grief group or, you know, whatever group that they're dealing with. Um, I think follow-up is crucial because it, it, it continues that that space of no shame around this. I, I'm, I still hear you. I'm still here. Mm-hmm. Um, and I still care about you. Um, so I think follow-up is just crucial to this process of walking along somebody, connecting them to hope, and uh, you know, really helping somebody walk in freedom. And, and like we were talking about, the, the fullness and the, the flourishing and the abundance that Christ has for us to live in. Yeah, and I think another thing to hit on too, uh, don't lone wolf this process. Uh, it's better to have a team approach when you're when you're supporting this person who is going through a really rough time. Uh, have someone who maybe a mentor or someone maybe a, even a pastor um, who has dealt with these types of situations before. Be able to call them on the phone and say, "Hey, I have this issue." Um, you know, not sharing any names or anything like that, but I have this person in my life uh, that has said these things. What should I do? It's always good to have someone kind of above you that may have more experience than you, uh, may have walked through these situations before, probably ha- probably has more resources than you, you've you even thought of. Um, uh, pastors and church staff, uh, they, they've done this research t- because there's people that come into, I know for myself, people come in the door every day needing care. And so uh, building a resource library is one of the things that I do regularly as a care coordinator um, to have those really readily available. And so your church should have some type of uh, list of resources so don't do this alone do not put yourself in this position where you think that you you have to do this on your own it's it's mine you know i have to get this person um, help immediately have that team around you have that team around that person and have someone above you who has walked through this before who has a little bit more experience and maybe even some more resources for you yeah great point man Great point. I mean, it, it comes back to the point that you were making about, you know, getting that person around people, you know, mm-hmm. um, community, you know, because community is super important to our flourishing, our growth, um, you know, not only in our struggles, but just in life, like community is a super important element and bringing it back around, especially in times where somebody is struggling with depression or suicidal thoughts community, other people, Mm -hmm. other people that have other resources. Super important in this journey. Um, thanks for, thanks for that point, Kyle. A couple other things before we really close this out in talking about this, the, the reason why this is important, especially for the life of a believer is in Galatians six, it tells us we are called to help carry one another's burdens and so that that's a call. That is a, a a call as the church, people living in community together. And so that's why in this area it's important to know these things, to have these tools readily, readily available to walk along somebody and really help carry those burdens. And so that that that's what community is about. That's what the church is about. Doing life together, being also being equipped to do life together. 
um, for every season, every up and down. You know, like I said, our, our heart is just to equip you guys and, you know, make sure you're empowered and, you know, ready to um, face the calling that is on our lives. Um, and like I said from the beginning, by His grace, um, the things that we go through, we're, by His grace, we He uses it to comfort others and um, walk alongside um, other people. Any other thoughts before we uh, wrap this up, Kyle? Yeah. Um, I think also some things to remember are uh, when we went back and we talked about a little earlier about uh, don't do this alone. It's dangerous. Do not do this alone. I didn't say dangerous, but I want to hint at that it is dangerous to do this uh, alone and helping professions and just being a a, a Christ follower and helping others walking through hard times with people do not do this alone just as, as important as it is for them to not do it alone you don't need to do this alone either um, also remember to watch out for your for yourself in the sense of self-care uh, because when you walk through these seasons with other people it is you 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 have this connection and this this openness with this person it can bleed over into your own life too emotionally draining uh, spiritually draining um, a lot of those things so don't get caught up in this place uh, where you're you're so strongly caring for all these people and you don't look back and say okay I got to start, you know, looking into myself, making sure I'm doing good, my health's right, my emotional health's right, and my spiritual health is right. Um, do not, uh, do not fall into that trap. It's easy to um, have times of respite, have times where you can walk away, things like that. Um, not walk away from that person you're dealing with, um, but sometimes maybe even tagging out. There might be someone who could probably help them a lot better. Don't hold this. Uh, to, to again, I talked about the team approach: uh, a pastor, a counselor, uh, a peer, a peer support counselor, someone who can come alongside. It's better to have a team approach than none at all, um, or it's just you alone. Um, and then just hinting at uh, some things for some like biblical application, I think is important for this process, um, especially if you're caring for people in a Christ-like way. Pointing them to things that uh, just really display how big God is. Uh, things in, in the scripture talks about about God uh, and how he's talking to his people and he says, I will never leave you nor forsake you. Um, God is a loving God. He is he is he wants to meet us in these places. He he has a heart of compassion for his children. Um, we have weakness. It's okay to walk through these seasons of of, of an anxiety and depression and, and fear because that just expresses our weakness and, and all these different things that are going on in this life. It's hard. Uh, life is hard. Don't feel like uh, this is wrong for you to be feeling this way. And bring your request to the Lord, knowing that he is big enough to take all that. Also, I think a, a good thing to point people to is Psalms. Psalms is such a beautiful picture of the human experience. It speaks to every emotion. It speaks to the heart. Uh, these are a lot of these things in Psalms are it's a it's a prayer to God, literally um, expressing the most deepest 
uh, human emotion imaginable, pain, uh, suffering, sadness, despair, uh, you know, things of that nature. Um, and I want to point to a verse um, in Psalms 42 that can kind of hint at this kind of picture um, that a lot of these uh, Psalms paint. Um, and this is uh, written by David. What we believe is most of the Psalms are written by David, some, some of these. But this is Psalms 42, uh, starting in verse 1. As a deer pants for flowing streams, so pants my soul for you, O God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. When shall I come and appear before God? My tears have become my food day and night. While they say to me all the day long, Where is your God? These things I remember as I pour out my soul, how I would go with the throngs and lead them in procession to the house of God with glad shouts and songs of praise, a multitude of keeping festival. Why are you downcast, O my soul? And why are you in turmoil within me? Hope in God, for I shall again praise him, my salvation and my God. My soul is cast down within me. Therefore I remember you from the land of Jordan and of Haram, um, from the mount of Mazar. Deep calls to deep. At the roar of your waterfalls, all your breakers and your waves have gone over me. By day, the Lord commands his steadfast love, and at night, his song is with me. So just, and that's just uh, from verse 1 through 8, but you can kind of see the imagery there of just this, this David just pouring out uh, some of the things he says as he's, he's speaking to himself and saying, why are you so downcast, O my soul? Um... He's pouring out his 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 soul to God. He's bearing all. Um, my tears have been my food day and night. How many times have we felt like that, or we just feel like we're constantly crying and constantly crying out in those times. So I think just pointing people to to the Word of God and especially Psalms in times of great need. There's just so much power and and imagery and just hope in those words. Understanding that some of these great men of the Bible. Uh, David, who um, is talked about in scripture, uh, that David was a, God, was a man after God's own heart. A man after God's own heart. So just remembering that uh, that he he still had that heavy heart. He still had those moments where he felt weak, where he felt like he needed help from God. Um, so meditating on the Word of God, really taking that in, uh, looking at it, and, and examining your life through that, um, through those those images and those words and things of that nature. Also preaching over yourself in Psalms forty two, you can see this picture of of, of uh, David saying, uh, you know, why are you downcast? Oh my soul, you know, there there is a God who there is a God who cares. He he is for me, he is with me. Um, he will never leave me or forsake me. And then also get with others. Um, we talked about that, we've hinted on that a lot, but that is really important. Getting around uh, people who care and love uh, you and want to walk in the season with you. And then also talk with someone. We talked about perf- seeking out uh, someone. Maybe it's a pastor. Um, maybe it's a, a professional counselor, a psychiatrist. Maybe someone who can kind of handle these things uh, a little bit better than, or a lot better than we can um, in some, in a lot of instances. So just understanding that. And I kind of want to, as I end here, um, I also want to hint on another verse, uh, just displaying how Christ 
wants to meet us in these times. Um, he's not a distant or foreign. He understands what we're going through. He can he can really sympathize with us because he he lived on this earth as fully God, fully man, and he he knows what we're going through. So I just want to read through this just to display this um, that Jesus does for us. So. Uh, this is uh, Hebrews chapter 4, verse 14 through uh, 16. It says, Since then we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus the Son of God. Let us hold fast our confessions, for we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weakness, but one who in every respect has been tempted as we are, yet without sin. Let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Um, so just that picture there, he is our high priest, but he doesn't come to us as someone who cannot sympathize with what we've been through. He, he's walked through those those seasons, yet he had no sin. Um, so just to, to leave that with you, uh, approach the, the throne of grace with with that open heart, knowing that he understands he wants to meet you and be compassionate for your situation amen amen thanks for that yeah we have a close god we we often think he's far and doesn't know or see us but going along with fearfully and wonderfully made he is close he knows every part of us so we have that hope and and grace in him last thing that i will leave you guys with if you want to dive more into um, some more statistics and facts and stories of suicide survivors, suicide loss, and again, more facts and statistics, how to, how to help people, how to walk people and connect people, uh, two great resources, websites are all, um, shout you guys to um, suicidology.org. Um, it's the American Associate, Association of Suicidology. And it's facts, statistics, stories of losses of suicide, survivors of suicide, um, some really encouraging things. And then always the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention. That is the national foundation for suicide awareness, suicide prevention, equipping, connecting. And that is AFSP.org. Two great resources and websites you can connect with and go to to read more be more equipped and last two things i'll leave you guys with is if you or anybody else um, is struggling with thoughts of suicide or ending your life the suicide hotline is a great resource 24 7 you can call you'll get a professional counselor on the other end um, that'll talk to you and uh, connect you to resources in your area even that number is 800 800- Two seven three eight two five five, and again that's twenty four seven. You can call for yourself or anybody else twenty four seven. The next one is the crisis text line. This is also twenty four seven, but it's the text line. Um, you text home the word home to seven four one seven four one, and same deal. Um, a professional will connect with you over text and talk to you if you're dealing with depression or anxiety or you know suicide. And, and even help you um, connect to resources in your area. So two great resources for yourself if you're dealing with these things or you're walking along um, this journey with somebody. Um, two, two great resources to 
like Kyle was talking about, have in your back pocket. Always save it in your phone so you can use it or utilize to, you know, connect somebody else to. So thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Peaks and Valleys podcast. Just know that your life is worth living, guys. Everybody's life is worth living because we're we're fearfully and wonderfully made. Um, suicide doesn't have to be an option. Me and Kyle definitely want you here. Um, you have worth, and there are other people that want you here and care and love you. So, if you haven't yet, subscribe to this podcast. Leave us a review if you enjoy it. Follow us on Instagram. That is going to be peaks underscore valleys nineteen for. We'll be doing a few other things for the remainder of the month. Uh, Might be even doing a giveaway on the Instagram page for the theme of Fearfully and Wonderfully Made in Suicide Prevention Month. So follow us on Instagram. Stay tuned. Join in on that giveaway.